0: Welcome to the Forthright Women Podcast, where we're dedicated to revealing what keeps women leaders successful and sane. We address challenges like being an executive mom, enabling more women to rise, and fueling our own minds, bodies, and spirits. These conversations are unapologetically real, insightful, and from Forthright Women themselves. Let's do it.
1: Welcome to the Forthright Women Podcast. I am Ian Candido, and I am joined here by my fellow Forthright Womaner,
0: that i think woman or i love
1: it <laughs> Him and co-founder april martini
0: back for another episode yay as we work through all of the curriculum which we are super excited about and it's been going really well
1: yeah absolutely and that curriculum is standing your power redefining the art of being an executive mom and each episode we're taking another one of those week's topics i'm just kind of blowing them out just so you guys can get some additional perspective as we talk about it back and forth and get some insight as to where this might apply in your life and how you might take some action against it. Yep. All of that. Awesome. So this one is all about building greater capability. So we ready to jump in? Yeah. All right. So April, we talk a lot about vigilant leadership being a philosophy that great leaders leverage, but we also talk in our program about it being a way to build greater capability. So how does vigilant leadership apply here?
0: When we first coined this term, it was all around this idea of finding a way to really contextualize for people what it meant to be a manager of people and what it meant to be a really great leader. The big thing about vigilant leadership is it's all about getting out of your way, other people's ways, the weeds, so that you can rise in your career and others can rise. And that is the link to capability. The lens, though, is a little bit different because when we were first talking about vigilant leadership, it assumed that you were the leader of the team. Right. Right. And as we have had more conversations about this and Ann and I have really fleshed out the whole idea, it really does apply whether you're the leader or not. And so a lot of the principles from this week's session around building capability are about identifying the places in the ways that you are not showing up like you should and then the reasons for that. And on the other side of that, putting yourself in, the right situation to be able to find the space to build your capability and very specifically what that means to me is all of those harder more strategic bigger things projects whether it's at home with your family or significant others or it's at work with your teams that you just never quite get the time for and then you can't build your capability or rise any further than you are as a result.
1: I think that's right on. And I think the big point to take out of this is that even though we call it being a vigilant leader, it doesn't mean that you need to have a quote-unquote leadership position in yeah, order title. to be one. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so that's where a lot of people kind of get stuck. It's like, well, I'm not a quote-unquote a leader, so does this even apply to me? But it's really the philosophy of it all, right? It's the philosophy of not always being in the weeds, seeing the bigger picture, thinking more strategically. And, and all of those are really important in order to be able to move to the next level. We talk a lot about moving from being a doer to a manager. Yep. Being a doer and a manager re- requires you to be a vigilant leader. And so like being able to really rally whoever your quote-unquote team is so that you can build capability and capacity within yourself by getting them to do some of the stuff Mm -hmm. or relying on them to do some of the stuff versus always constantly having to be in it, whether you're micromanaging it, while you're checking on it, while you're waiting for them, whatever that happens to be. So it's a different mindset of being in a situation. And at home, we see it all the time when we, have to let go of control and let other people do some of these tasks that we would normally do because it's just easier and we would do them better. But vigilant leadership requires you to set the expectations, right? And really set the the standard for what the quality is and then holding people accountable in order to deliver that so that you can release yourself from that a little bit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just gave this talk today, so it's pretty fresh. But one of the things I said is it's not just in stopping the behavior or pulling yourself out of it, you also have to release any sort of mental energy right that you're associating with it as well. So it has to be completely off your plate and your mind. Yeah, I think
1: that's a really good point. So maybe you can double click on this one, April. If you aren't a leader, how do you leverage being a vigilant leader? What are some ways that you've seen maybe middle managers or even people who are not even leading people, how do you how do you see them using this in a way that's productive and conducive to their growth?
0: Yeah, so I think the first thing is taking a look at the people around them because I think this is one of the places where if we're not the quote-unquote leader, we don't have that title or whatever the case might be. Plus, we're on whatever team we are professionally, and mm-hmm. I'm going to use the professional lens for right now. We just kind of sit in the space of like, well, I'm not the boss and I can't do anything about my team. So here I am. And I think the people that do a really good job at being vigilant leaders, they seek out others that can support them along the way and have a similar philosophy. And they find creative solutions for getting things off their plate, out of their purview, getting other people to step in on things. So, that they can be very proactive in creating capacity for capability for themselves. One of the things that happens professionally, right, is we're given a title and we're given a job and we're giving the people that we work with. That doesn't have to be the answer. And so, the people that are really successful here try things on, try things out, and identify where things are working that might not be on paper what they're supposed to be doing with the people they're supposed to be doing it with. And it's, Not a malicious or underhanded thing. It's just that they're creating their own reality and using the tool of vigilant leadership to get themselves to a space where they can rise or get promoted or achieve the next thing regardless of whatever guardrails, real or not real, exist in their daily work life.
1: Yeah, and I think you hit on the point of this whole episode, or a big point of this whole episode, which is about personal growth. Yeah. A lot of people that we hear and we hear from and we talk to with regards to a lot of our coaching is they're like, I don't have time for my own yep. personal growth. Yep. And this is a tool that we give them in order for them to create time because, again, it's a philosophy mindset shift of how do you create capacity so that you can invest in your own personal growth. It also gives you different skills it it helps you to build different muscles that helps you think like the people that you want to become in order to get the work done better, more efficiently, higher quality, whatever your KPI is for that. But you need to take responsibility and accountability for being able to generate that. And it's not a lot of people say, well, like, oh, I'm taking advantage of others or that's no. not fair. And it's, and it's not about that at all. One of the big ways we see people building vigilant leadership is by sharing more about what their personal or their role or their functions, goals are. Yep. How do they get rewarded? What does success look like for them? How does their piece fit in everybody else's piece when everybody else can appreciate how you fit with them and how you as a person are counting on them? That becomes more of a relationship than a transactional thing. And that starts building an element of vigilant leadership where then you don't have to be watching them or you don't have to worry about them because you can start to count on them to deliver for the benefit of the greater good, right? So these are things you can do no matter your level.
0: Yeah. And that's what that goes to the point about it not being malicious and also to the benefit of everybody
1: else. Yeah, absolutely. Right? What is the biggest challenge you see in people practicing vigilant leadership, April? We did a couple, but are there any others we said about not having enough time or not feeling like they're in the right position for that? But what are some of the others that you see, maybe more emotionally
0: based? So I think what can happen when you go to try to start practicing vigilant leadership is there can be a little bit of a panic emotionally Mm -hmm. around this whole idea. Because number one, as we said, it's a mindset shift. It also takes a considerable amount of... Behavior shifting all at once and then accountability on the other side of that, which can be tough. But I also think that we get comfortable with the things that we're really good at. When we start to put ourselves out there in a new and different way, especially when it feels like it's going against the grain of what the people around us are doing, it can lead to self-doubt. It can lead to not feeling like you have an anchor. Right. Uh, It can lead to worry that people are going to get upset with you because you're doing things differently. And this is not a practice for people that are super worried about what the reactions are going to be or that aren't able to commit themselves when times get hard. And so I think that's one of the things I see predominantly is sort of just this panicky, nervous, anxious feeling emotionally, yeah. and you have to ride that out and be able to counter it with enough confidence that you're doing the right thing for you at the right time. And you also don't necessarily always know exactly what the end is going to look like, so you're sort of like a little bit in limbo.
1: Yeah, and obviously those feelings, especially with the, amongst women that we see and hear about is well, I don't want them to think that I'm better than them, yeah, right. Or I don't want them to think that all of a sudden I'm not going to do my work and I'm getting yeah. them to do my work for me. So yeah. there's a lot. Be careful about like some of the emotions in how you're deflecting those emotions because mm-hmm. those are usually more about you than it is about them. So pay attention to those.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's a journey, right? So. Yeah. I think we psych ourselves out thinking that all of a sudden you're going to go from this person to this person overnight, and some of the changes you're going to be implementing, other people aren't going to notice. So,
1: yeah, agree. All right, you ready for some quick fires? Oh man. Okay.
0: Yep. I always sit up straight when we get to these. I know. I'm holding myself to this. I'm putting the timer
1: on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, April. What is your biggest regret in life?
0: I don't like the term regret. I really try to live into the everything happens for a reason. So I I don't spend a lot of time toiling and this didn't happen or I didn't do this. But the one thing that I wish had happened, how about let's say that, hmm, okay. is that I had lived outside of Cincinnati for longer than I did. Hmm, okay. And the reason I state that is because through my graphic design degree, I was able to live in Chicago for a few different stints. And I think about the personal growth that happened then. And then I did a lot of travel professionally before I had the kids. And when I look back on that, I think about the personal growth that happened within that, especially when I got to go places for longer periods of time. And so now that we have the kids and we're fully committed to Cincinnati and my family's here and I couldn't imagine not having them around and also I feel like it would be a little bit selfish to move my kids away because of the relationships that they have individually with all my family mm-hmm. members. It's not feasible. That is maybe the one thing that I feel like I wish I had done more of. Mm.
1: Okay. All right. One more. One more. If you're going to a deserted island, what five things would you take with you?
0: (laughs) Things or people? Things. Things. So number one is soap. (laughs) I am OCD about showers and cleanliness, and I just get real distracted if I don't feel clean. The second thing I would say is books and actual books, not devices. Because one of the calming things for me is being able to read actual physical books, which I feel like this would be stressful. So I would need that. Plenty of wine. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that, calming in a different way. Comfortable bedding or sleeping, whatever that looks like. I am not a roughing it type of person. I realize if I was on a desert island alone or deserted island, whatever, alone, I would have to just deal with it. But the older I get, the more I need some level of comfort when I'm sleeping. Oh, the fifth thing. Uh, I'm trying to go non-technology. So actually, I think I would take art supplies because it would be a good opportunity to try to reignite some of the hand skills that I have lost. Oh. Wow.
1: All right. Well, that was a good five. <laughs> I learned something too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us for our episode today with the topic of building greater capability. Hopefully you got some insight into how you can apply vigilant leadership to your home and your work life. And with that, well, thank you for all being forthright women. Being a forthright woman can be challenging on a good day, which is why we offer individual group coaching as well as group trainings and keynotes. Check out our website, forthright-women.com to learn more. If you find this podcast of value, please rate and review us and share with other women who could use a boost to become a forthright woman.